Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Romans 14, uh, Romans 15, I'm sorry. And we're going to uh, be on verse 13 today. And if you want to follow along, you can follow along with this handout that's in your bulletin. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's a Bible right in front of you. There's a, and, and look, if you don't have a Bible at home, take that one. We want, that's our gift to you. You can have that. Um, does anybody know the meaning of Advent? We're, we're kind of kicking off our Advent time. Uh, does anybody know what Advent means? You can, you can talk back. I like that. Arrival. That's right. Arrival or coming um, is what Advent means. So listen, it, we're not only looking back. So the first part of Advent is we look back. And what are we looking back to? What everyone celebrates this time of year. Now, some people celebrate Santa. Some people celebrate gift giving. Some people celebrate food. And, 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 and look, I'm down for any of that. But the, the, the reason, the main reason we celebrate this time of the year is we look back at who came. Right? Okay. So just so you know, Advent means coming, arrival. So there was a first coming. But we not only look back and celebrate his first arrival, but also to his soon second coming. This is the exciting part. That when we celebrate Advent, we not only, when, when it says coming, arrival, there was the original. When he came as a babe in the manger. But there is a second soon coming. He's coming again. Different form this time. The first time, baby in a manger. The next time, riding a horse coming to gather you and I. Those who love him. Those who have chosen him. He has chosen. So that's what Advent is. And um, the, the interesting thing about celebrating Advent is none of us were here. Maybe Woody was there when Jesus came, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. He wasn't here. He just looks like it. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Okay, tell that one again next year. Okay. Some of them work, some of them don't. So we not only, um, we weren't there when he came, and he hasn't come yet. So what are we doing? We're living in between. We're living in the, the almost but not yet. You, have you ever lived in that tension where it's almost? We're in that Christmas season now, right? Um, Thanksgiving is over, but Christmas isn't here yet, so we're in this 
time. And so this season, everybody say this season, this season is filled with longing. And you see it all over the Christmas movies, right? If you watch the Hallmark Channel, yeah. Don't raise your hand because I know you all watch it. I I watch it occasionally, and every movie is filled with some type of longing. You see family scenes. And what it's pulling at is our our desires, that everyone in this room has a longing for something. There's a deep, heart-level desire that you have that longs for connection, that longs for that that warm fireplace surrounded by family that like you. For some of us, that's not a reality, you know? It's a season filled, Christmas is a season filled with longing. And I'll tell you, it makes me think of two stories. Um, The first was when I was a kid, in longing for our Christmas presents, we lived in a little single wide trailer uh, in Charles City County, if you know where that's at, back in the woods. And me and my brother, because we did not have iPads or computers or internet, or when we didn't know how to use the phone, so what we did was we just found things to do, Um, most of the time getting ourselves in trouble. Have you ever been in a longing period and you're, you're trying to figure out something to do and you end up getting yourselves in trouble? Well, we got ourselves in trouble most most of the time. And, and one of those times, we, we decided we were going to hunt out the Christmas presents. We knew they were there. They're here somewhere. But where would they be? So we went to hunting and hunting and hunting. And let me tell you something. We found those presents. And it's in a weird place, too. It's in my parents' shower. They were all stacked in there. I'm like, where have they been showering this, <laughs> since Thanksgiving? Where have they been showering um, and we found it, but then we were too stupid not to pretend like we hadn't found them. We just we blabbed on ourselves. Hey, we found the Christmas presents. Well, they took them back. <laughs> yeah, got ourselves in trouble. And I remember those Christmases. We would go to West Virginia, which, which is why you, I sound the way I sound. Me and my daughter went to West Virginia for a couple days up in the mountains. It's beautiful. Hung out with my dad for a couple days. And, and it used to, um, when we would go up there for Christmas, um, we didn't get normal things, at least what I thought was normal. It was normal, I guess, to some extent. My, uh, everyone in our, our family in West Virginia always got us socks and underwear, And in that time period, I was like, how cruel do you have to be to buy, do you know, did you not get the list I provided ahead of time? Did you see socks and underwear on there? And now at 30, almost 32 years old, that's all I want is socks and underwear. That's all I want now. But it's a season filled with longing. And and where that lands us, because we're in the almost but not yet, it lands us in a place where we will put our hope, the things we're longing for, those hopes, in wrong places. 
It's a season of misplaced hope. And most of the time, we put our hopes in places that fail us. Um, and I'm sure you've got some things starting to run through your mind. Uh, but we put our hopes in things that fail us. Uh, jobs, money. I mean, the list goes on and on. But anything on this side of heaven, can I tell you, can I, can I uh, spoil alert for you, uh, is going to fail you. How many of you have ever seen Lonesome Dove? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I read the book, and there's this, uh, there's this scene where, you know, there's Gus, there's Jake, and look, Jake is going to whisk this woman away out of this dusty town and take her away to, what was it, San Francisco? There's a, there's a line in the book where Gus kind of looks at Jake and he says, um, kind of knowing that he's kind of a scoundrel of sorts, he says, Jake's too leaky of a vessel to put much hope in. But all vessels leak to some extent. But all vessels leak to some extent. And so, as we approach Christmas... As we celebrate Advent, we just lit the very first candle today in preparation and in this anticipation, this longing, this hoping. I want to just bring before you today the fact that many of the things that you put your hope in are going to leak and they're going to fail. And the, the beautiful peace of this season is that what, what is provided here is a hope that does not leak. A hope that does not fail you. Now, um, we overuse the word hope a lot. So it kind of loses its power. Everybody say hope. I hope he doesn't preach until... Uh, my stomach starts growling, or I hope I shed all this weight after Christmas, or I hope so-and-so doesn't come to Christmas dinner this year because I don't want to see them. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope the Steelers win. Todd, what are you talking about? Do you know what? If you ever need an NFL update, go to Todd. He knows. He sees. And, and, and many of my hopes have been crushed by the Steelers this year. But we, we hope in all types of things. And it kind of weakens and dampens the word. We overuse it. But did you know hope is used over 200 times in this book? And for a, a people, for all of you in this room that have this, these longings and these desires and you search it out in so many different things that end up not working, they, they fall through, um, this provides a hope. And if you read through the 200 plus scriptures that cry out hope in the scripture, what, it defines it two ways. One... Um, 
And I almost forgot a line. If everything, talk about Jake, if everything leaks on earth, where can you find hope? And this, this is where you find it, right here. This is where you find it. Um, two definitions here. Hope is a confident expectation in the future. Or you could also say a contagious enthusiasm for what's to come. And Romans 15 kind of helps us get there. Now, if you read the book of Romans, it's kind of heavy reading. But basically, up until chapter 15, Paul is writing this letter and he's saying, this is what the gospel is. You're a sinner. You deserve death. This is what he did to save you. This is how you live a Christian life. And here in Romans 15, 13, where, where I want to point us today, is kind of his benediction. It's kind of how he's sealing this letter. And it says this. If you have your Bibles, you can read along with me. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of the versions say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in you. So listen, this is what it's saying. And I I don't want you to miss this part. God is the source and supplier of of hope. God is the source and the supplier. You see, God doesn't know where to find hope. God doesn't know how to get you there. He, 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 he is hope. God is the hope you have been looking for. God is both our source and our supplier. And, and listen, This hope that we're talking about, this hope that does not leak, is not based on probabilities, but promises. Have you ever hoped in somebody that had promises that never came to pass? Somebody promised you something, and then then it didn't work out, and so what? You no longer hope in them, right? You know who in your life to hope in and who not to hope in, right? Because some people keep their word and some of them don't. That's just it. Because hope is not based on probabilities. Now, let me try and peel this apart. The stock market, you know, a lot of those things are based on probabilities. There's a lot of things in life that we say, well, if this lines up and this might work, nobody puts their hope in those things, right? Anybody putting their hope in the stock market? No. But hopes are built, lasting, non-leaking hopes are built on promises that are kept. And with that in mind, here in verse um, 13, he says, I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you with all joy and peace. So what's he after? 
What does hope do? Anybody know? Well, it tells you right here. It fills you with joy and peace. Now listen, if you're here today and you're looking for joy and peace, anybody? I'm not talking about the fake kind of all smiles when you walk through the door, but I'm talking about when you get home and no one's around and you wrestle in your mind or you struggle to, to be joyous. That comes from right-placed hope, hoping in the right things. Uh, many of us have come here this morning hoping, um, and maybe none of you have been here. Um, I remember when I was young, dumb, and single. The only thing different now is I'm not single. I'm still young and dumb, still figuring that out. Uh, my wife is at home with a sick baby, and she'll tell you that same thing. I'm still trying to figure a lot of things out. But I remember <clears throat> I would, I, would my, I set up my life this way. I almost set up my life like dominoes. I would set it up and be like, man, if I can just line this up and I can get all these. It was so fragile. Like I've got to get all these things in order, and then everything's going to work out. And, and, and seeming, seamlessly, um, something would fall apart. A, domo, a domino would come out of that mix. And many of us structure our lives that way. We put our hope in ourselves. Like, I can fix this. Any, anybody a fixer in the room? I'll handle this first. There are many things in life I still to this day will try and white knuckle and hold on to instead of giving it to God because I feel like I'm more confident in fixing it than God. Now, I would never say that, right? You would never say that. Uh, but, but if I looked at what you were trying to control and get to line up because you hope more in yourself, or you hope more in others, or you, you I, oh, if, if this just works out. And it's stressful. Anybody ever lived under that stress of just trying, if I can just work this out. And it is life-crushing stress. And so in the holiday season, in the Christmas season, in the Advent season, if you've come this morning and you, you're just trying to figure, you're trying to line it all up, just quit. There's joy and peace where you place your hope in Jesus Christ. Look, I'm telling you, there's peace and joy when you place your hope in Jesus Christ. Now, and this hope is for all of us here this morning. Don't think that... Um, that this hope isn't something that you don't need. You need this. Is that okay to say? You need this hope that we're talking about today. Now, I, I just, with that in mind, with this, as he's talking about filling us with joy and peace and believing so that we may abound in hope. There's two groups of people I want to talk to. I want to talk to believers first, and I want to talk to unbelievers, okay? So a believer would be somebody that you have chosen to follow Christ, okay? So there are three hopes I have for you this morning, three hopes I have for you. 
And, and the number one, how, how do I build this type of hope? How do I increase this type of hope? The number one thing you can do is increase the regularity of our time in Scripture. Um, many of us don't hope in God because we don't know him. Uh, and, and if I'm honest with you... Um, most of us, when we lack hope or lack joy, lack peace, we'll, we'll often point at God and be like, oh, this is your fault, but you haven't taken any time to get to know him. Uh, and so what you believe you're putting hope in is actually a different God than, than the God of Scripture. Okay, Because many of us will put hope in a God that, that is after our happiness, right? We talked about this the last couple weeks, that, that we put hope in a God that uh, is just after my, my fulfillment, now listen, your fulfillment will be a part of his, his getting the glory. But listen, the goal is his glory. And, and that's, that's, some of us wrestle with that because we want it. Um, but if you place your hope in the God of the Bible, the best way to do that is increase our time in Scripture. Because script, Scripture is what? Scripture is God. Right? It's his word to us. And if God is the source and supplier of hope, where do we go? This right here. If, you, if you're looking for joy and peace as a byproduct of putting your hope in the right place, this book is where you start. This book is where you start. Don't start with how you feel. Start with the book. And the second thing I would say to believers is recognize where you've misplaced hope. Where this morning, let me ask you something. And don't answer out loud, because I don't need to know. But where are you putting hope currently that it's not working out? Putting hope in your spouse. Let me tell you something. You put your hope in your spouse, you will be let down. All the married people said amen. For those who aren't married, putting hope in our friends, our girlfriends, our boyfriends, putting hope in our abilities, putting hope where it doesn't belong will put you in a place where you have no joy and no peace. Do you see what happens? Have you ever struggled to be joyful and peace, at peace, and, and just to find out that you have placed hope in the wrong place like yourself? You need to recognize where we have misplaced hope. So as you recognize where you have misplaced hope and you take that down, at the very same time, the third thing I want you to do is remind yourself of the promises of God. Okay, so listen, you take down all the things that you've been hoping in that have not been working. And I'll tell you how you know that they've not been working. Your joy and peace go like this. The number one reason, the, the reason people commit suicide, you know why they do that? They have no hope. They've lost all and they've experienced a life that's just like this. And look, let me tell you something. Life still, life 
will still, if you choose Jesus Christ, life will still do this. But Jesus becomes a constant source of joy and peace. So that even when life does this, all of a sudden, I don't. Misplacing your hope is dangerous. So as you, as you take down the things you've been hoping in, I need you to replace them with the promises of God. You need to replace them. Remind yourself. Bathe over your mind and your heart with the promises of God. That I am a, a new creation. That there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You need to bathe these things over in your mind. That I am redeemed. That this life isn't it. That the, he is coming. And that even in um, Paul... Um, uh, when writing to Titus, he says, Titus, you are working for a God who cannot lie. So this God that we hope in, these promises we read are come from a God who has, is unable to lie to you. So as you take down these things that you're You've been hoping and misplaced your hope and replaced them with the promises of a God who does not lie. That's my desire for those who are believers in the room. So if, if, if you are a follower of Christ, that's my desire for you. For the unbeliever, so if you have not chosen to follow Christ and Christ is not the Lord of your life, I only have one thing for you. That you would accept the open invitation that Christ lays before you to come into this hope, to come into this joy, to come into this peace that He's inviting you to. What we believe here is that if you're an unbeliever in the room, that you have not fully committed your life to Christ, that this, that you being here today is God, God's grace towards you, that, that he would have you come and sit in this pew and hear this word from this preacher that says, come in to the fold. Come in, lay down all these stress and all these burdens and put your hope in me. Come into this eternal life through Jesus Christ, that even today, December 1st, 2019, that he is appealing to you to reconcile with him. The whole reason we celebrate Advent, right, is the coming, the arrival that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die, to take your place, to make you right with God. And this isn't some kind of future faith. It's a faith that matters today. It's a hope you need today as you walk through life. This is the call to the unbeliever. This is the hope that Christ offers.
the hope that many of us in this room have accepted. And, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that there was a time you were without hope. I remember. I remember being without hope. And for a church kid, that's a, that's a world-shaking thing because I grew up in church. Thinking that if I checked all the right boxes, he might let me slide through the gate. If I did all the right things, if I acted the right way, that I could somehow earn the approval of the gatekeeper in heaven. And, the, and so there was a lot of hope I put in myself that I can, man, let me, let me, let me put hope in me and my ability to, to earn the salvation that he freely gives. And what I found was a hope that gave joy and peace. Because my hope was in Christ alone, by faith alone, by his grace alone. Because look at me, look at me and hear what I have to say. Listen to what the word of God would say to you this morning. You are not enough and you will never be enough. But Jesus Christ was. Yeah. In Romans 5, as I get ready to close... I want to point you to something. This isn't, this is one of the many verses that talk about hope, those 200 some verses. And it's Paul here in the same book talking about hope. And it says in Romans 5, just listen to this, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God. Because of what Jesus, listen, does it say because of what you are able to do? No, it says because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3 says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops Strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse 5, listen to this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. If you're in this room today... And you've never suffered disappointment. Check your pulse. Check your pulse. You will find that this world has a whole lot of disappointment to offer. You can run to all different types of things because you might think that Jesus would require too much of you. 
Oh, well, well, if I follow after Christ, he's going to make me stop doing this, this, and this. Let me tell you what happens when you accept Christ. Your desires change. <laughs> me and the drummer just talked about this. Me and Jacob just talked about this um, a couple nights ago that, that his desires used to be different. I'm going to have him give his testimony one day. But when he came to know the God of this Bible... His desires changed. The hope that the crowd he was hanging around kept falling through. The hope that drugs couldn't fulfill. The longing, the desires that this world could not fill. <laughs> he found it in the God of this Bible. And as we celebrate and look back at the God who came to save you, and we look forward to his soon coming, I'm going to open the altars very quickly. Um, uh, Robbie and Patricia, uh, Woody and Sandra, would y'all come forward? I'm just going to open it for just a moment because I, I need to give an invitation, and then we're going to take communion. But as we look back at the Christ child that came to save, and we look forward to the soon coming King of kings and Lord of lords, my heart is just screaming to you, are you ready? Do you know him? There are people here at the altar, even if you do know him and if you find yourself in a place this morning where you have misplaced your hope, there is a hope that will not disappoint and it does not leak the God that we talk about today is that hope, the source and supplier. So as Luke sings, if with every head bowed and every eye closed, uh, if you want to come forward for prayer, you can go ahead and come forward. And they were here to pray with you. But for those in this room who do not, have not claimed Christ, who you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you unto him, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to say this prayer with me. You don't have to say it out loud because all that matters is what's on your heart. That's what he listens to. So say this prayer with me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need a savior. I need someone to make things right. And I believe that Jesus Christ came in a manger and died on the cross to cover my sins. God, I confess before you that I am a sinner in need of your grace and your forgiveness. Forgive me. I repent of my sins and I turn towards you and ask that you would be the Lord 
of my life. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.